things we do out there for at least a few minutes till the rest of them make it upstairs. And and there's there's some damn better than the Yes. Yes. Uh, and then uh, we know there's a few more people on the way in. And we're glad that everybody who has made it is here because uh, What's it's, that noise? It's Oh, okay. Is it you or your phone? I was going to say, you better see a doctor. <laughs> Onlineers, good to see you, even though I can't. See you by, by faith. I believe you're out there. We, uh, I know some of you are out there because when I got my notification that we're online. And uh, we'll go ahead and get started and serenade the folks as they make their way in up here. We're going to start with Jenny's song, Oh, That Men Would Praise the Lord. In the praise book number 16. <clears throat> We're a little raspy tonight, but we'll get there and make a joyful noise.
And I'll dedicate this song to my dad, who's not doing real well. And I just remember hearing him sing this while he's in the kitchen.
Very hard to throw. On the stick. <laughs> Good job, baby. On patrol. The best. You raise your hand, you bring one of those cards with a pencil. Onliners, BBF Ohio at protonmail.com, and we'll watch for those prayer requests. Evening, everybody. Silence your cell phones? Yes, sir. Yes. I'm going to make sure I did mine. <laughs> I did my way to Mary. Brother Doug's not going to be worth this tonight. Sinus issues. Hope to see him Sunday. Sound check back there. Everything <clears throat> going good. Camera's all zoomed in. We are in the book of Micah. Micah chapter 2. Before we get in here, just want to tell you that, uh, you know, I've always just been real open and honest with you. I try to do. Try not to make you cry any more than I have to. <clears throat> but according to some of the people watching online, a couple of you were driving them crazy last Wednesday with your yawning. Oh, wow. Now, that means you're using your vocal cords. So I want to put on a clinic here. There you go. Well, that I was on command. That was good, except for one thing. I didn't cover. Didn't cover your mouth. But See, there's two command. rules you want to remember when you're yawning. Because it happens to all of us. It does. And it, some of you people actually work for a living. So, you know, I expect <laughs> you to come here and be tired. <laughs> now, to be honest with you, there's times where I've had to fight yawning up here while I'm teaching. And today's going to be one of those days because I was up at about 5.15 this morning. And I put in a long day prepping and getting things ready and doing things to try to get blah, blah, blah. But here's your two rules. I want everybody to pay attention now. Everybody looking? Two rules for yawning. And this is to this is so that you when you go outside and you go to other places like weddings, funerals, anything like that, that you won't embarrass us when you say you go to church here. Okay? So they'll know that you have some sense of etiquette. Number one is always cover the mouth when you yawn. That goes for coughing as well. <coughs> and Jessica, you do a great job of that. Just going to give you kudos there. Now, always yawn. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. But what did I do wrong? You made noises. I used my vocal cords. There's no reason to use vocal cords when you yawn. Here's how you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> That's vocal cords. You don't need the vocal cords to yawn. Here's how you do it. You don't even have to smack your lips. I just do that in for free. <laughs> And so uh, what I was told was there were a lot of vocal cord yawns because they can't see you. But they could hear. 
Mm. Almost sounded like we have seals in the congregation. Mm. Well, there's the dog. Mm. There's the seven. The seven that's seven. how we say amen. All right. We'll be in Micah chapter 2. And we're going to cover the whole chapter, Lord willing, and the church don't rise. Please hold your question and comments to the end of the tournaments update. One, no secret, Israel is still at war today, 2-4-24 for reference. Um, by certain counts, this is 117 days since it began. Excuse me? It's not 2-4-24. Oh, what in the world? I just was reading what was on the screen. It's 131 24 for reference. I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, I'll probably have that on the other things. I don't know. I'll have to look. Day 117 since the October 7 uh, attacks, Hamas attacking Israel. Sadly, hostages remain in Gaza. But, this was the headline today a potential deal would reportedly see six week pause and uh, release of all civilians. Hostages. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I've read where others in the IDF are saying it would be a military uh, blunder to do it. But they're having near riots in the streets over the fact that the hostages have been released. Um, so we'll see. Meanwhile, battles rage in Gaza, West Bank, Lebanon, Red Sea, Jordan, and Syria. Just think of that. That's how many different spot, hot spots there are. Actually, I'll show you something in just a minute. This is a statement from the Israeli Defense Force this afternoon. A number of launches from Syria toward the southern Golan Heights were identified last night. In response, Israeli Air Force fighter jets struck military infrastructure belonging to the Syrian regime. Um, in addition, IDF artillery fired toward several locations in southern Lebanon. So it's really, and that's in addition to what's going on in southern Gaza and elsewhere. So if you look at the map, you'll see the little exploding uh, motion gifts there. Um, those are all the different places where they've had action within the last 48 hours. So it's a pretty hot scene uh, going on. And of course over there I've got the little red siren next to Iran. Ezekiel calls them Persia. And I've got that there because they're behind it. And that's what a lot of American politicians are calling for, that to be the United States' next target. Now, I personally don't support that. What I support is the uh, United States let Israel take care of things, and as long as, Israel, as, I, as long as Iran is where they are right now, let it play out, and if it turns out to be Gog Magog, God's going to kill five out of six of them. Yeah. Yeah. America doesn't have to get involved. And if it happens before the rapture, we'll applaud it. If it happens after, after the rapture, I hope no one's here to applaud it. <laughs> Meanwhile, this took place yesterday in the West Bank. Um, and I hope you can see that map that you see where the West Bank is. It's basically like, uh, it would be like Pennsylvania and West Virginia uh, on the border of the state of Ohio. That's kind of how the West Bank is. And Jerusalem though, would be right up against the border of, like, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, and uh, Wheeling, right in that area. That's how close Jerusalem is to the West Bank. Mm -hmm. 
Janine's Ibn Sina Hospital early Tuesday morning. In a scene resembling the action show Fauda, undercover Israeli special forces stormed the medical center in the West Bank, killing three local terror suspects, one of whom was being treated at the hospital. Special forces, wearing various civilian clothing and dressed as medical personnel, assaulted the medical staff, who are all fine, and then targeted a room in which the patient and his two companions were, and killed them. The targets were Mohammad Jalamne, a Hamas field commander in Jenin with ties to Hamas abroad, and brothers Mohammad and Basil al-Ghazawi of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. The IDF, Shin Bet, and police said the three were planning imminent terror attacks, including a terror attack resembling the October 7th massacre. Basil al-Ghazawi was being treated for wounds sustained in an Israeli airstrike back in October. The other two were seeking refuge with him. Once inside the hospital, the Israeli forces headed to a hiding room in the third floor where they surprised the three and shot them dead with guns equipped with silencers. Within 10 minutes, the forces were already gone. The Palestinian Health Ministry called on the international community to provide protection for Palestinian hospitals despite their use by terrorists seeking refuge. This is a dangerous precedent. There was never an assassination inside a hospital. There were arrests and raids, but not an assassination. Hamas described the elimination of the three as, quote, a vile crime that will not go unanswered. With the idea focusing on Gaza and Israel's border with Lebanon, Tuesday's operation serves as a reminder that the West Bank is also simmering and potentially a spark away from completely boiling over. Hopefully the message they get is your use of hospitals as human shields, or those days are over. Yeah. You go to a hospital, which they're going to hunt you down and kill you. Yeah. Now, number two, crooked politicians amassing personal wealth while bankrupting America. That's the leadership of both major parties are doing this. Um, and I don't care who doesn't like it. The only politician uh, in the last, in this century, I'll put it that way, who has not done that is Donald Trump. He didn't need to take his salary. The others take their salary and then manipulate the markets so that they can become billionaires. Go out and look it up, any of them, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, doesn't matter. Both sides of the aisle, go find out how much they make a year and how much they are now worth. And there's no way for them to make that kind of money unless there's insider trading and crooked schemes going on. But... In the meantime, while they're getting rich off of uh, their crooked schemes, the national debt is now approaching $35 trillion. Uh, it's just, this is the, what the uh, clock looks like. I took a screenshot of it earlier. I want to show you this. I can show you that this will be the, the live uh, actual clock coming up here, if I can get it to show up. Oh, you don't have it open. He's just trying to get to his browser. Just click the Windows icon. Or un can you unfull screen it? Yeah. Well, never mind. Hold on. 
have to look at the still screen there. Rumble still screen. <laughs> um, you see, you can't see it probably, but up in the corner, the number there is $34 trillion. The interest, $740 billion. We're almost to a trillion dollars just in interest. Now, um, some of you have a kind of a blank look on your face, and you, you should, because that's just, it's beyond our real comprehension of what we're even talking about here. Um, now, if I can get this to work. Well, Microsoft, PowerPoint. Try it again. Nope. I think that's it. Hey, you found your stuff at the bottom. Still not working. <laughs> can you get back to your slide? I can. I could not tell you. I could go on a rant right now, but I won't. Now, <coughs> oh. that's isn't it though? From there you some of the evidence I've heard, not, isn't it actually probably much more than that? So, like, you got actually in actuality. Hang on a second. You got this window. Actually, I didn't do anything. Probably all I did was open it and do what I've done for 15 years, and it's it's doing this on its own. See, it's always important if you design something, make sure you change it for no reason <laughs> and make sure that only the people in the room with you, when you're making the changes, understand what and you're don't doing. Test it. Don't test it. Go beta so that the people who buy it have to do all the testing for you. Save a lot of money. And make sure you have a yeah. monopoly. That's also important. What slide were you on? Uh, down to number two, just put it on number two. So while, while you're doing that, and look, there are some politicians that aren't crooks, like Rand Paul's net worth. He makes 175000 a year, and his net worth is 400000 So that's pretty reasonable, you know. There we go. Okay. But now you got a taste of what my day, I spend a good portion of my day just trying to make stuff work. Like printers who used to, you just plugged it in, hit print. It's no longer that simple. <laughs> anyway, just one trillion is a number beyond our comprehension. If anybody here tells me you actually understand a trillion, I'll call you a liar. I'll well, just give you that. It, Donnie, whether it's money or anything, I, tr I want to give you, I want to show you a little video clip. And this will give you kind of a clue as to what we're doing. Just one trillion. 
This is a $1 bill. Have you ever wondered what a million dollars would look like in $1 bills? How about a billion in ones? That's a thousand million. Here it is. How about a trillion dollars? You know how much that is? It's a million million. It's a thousand billion. If you earn $1 every second, you'd become a billionaire in 32 years. But it would take more than another 31,000 years for you to make $1 trillion. $1 trillion stacked on top of each other would reach nearly 60,000 miles into space. It would take more than 44,000 18-wheel trucks carrying a load of 25 tons each to transport a trillion $1 bills. Then again, it may be more convenient to simply use one of these. That's just one trillion. One. Now multiply that by 34. Plus 40% interest. Well, and the interest is, like I said, almost a trillion that we owe. And I'll show you something. Well, right here it is. Our debt is increasing by one trillion every 136 days. Wow. The entire... Uh, first 250 years or so of our country's history, we didn't owe a trillion dollars combined. Now, our debt is increasing by a trillion every 136 days. Which means your family's share of the debt is increasing by $10,000 every 136 days. Meaning, if we divvied it out among the population. And of course, that doesn't count the illegals. They get a free ride with benefits. <laughs> Just tax the rich is the answer of the Marxists on the left. We'd have to tax one million millionaires, a million dollars each, every 136 days in order to keep up with that. Just the interest. I know, so you're like, whatever. Yeah. Well, what I'd say this, the bankruptcy of the present system is by design. This isn't like we can't help it. And this devil is one of the people behind it. On the one hand, we have uh, state capitalism. On the other hand, we have shareholder or private capitalism. So it's a clash between two systems. I, I believe that um, state capitalism in the short term in the short term provides certain advantages because you can mobilize in a concentrated way a lot of resources to reach a specific objective. But I believe that the future is not state capitalism or shareholder capitalism. The future is what I call stakeholder capitalism, which um, is combined with the social responsibility. That's Mussolini using Wall Street vocabulary, Cap, uh, private and, and government coming together. That's fascism. Now, they call you a fascist because they're liars and they're gaslighters. Yeah. They are the fascists, and they are bringing the activist corporatism in bed with the government, what he called... Uh, shareholder, government shareholder, private shareholders, or he called it state shareholders, 
They're all going to come together like this, and he's calling that stakeholders. And it's fascism. It's real fascism, not just people out on the street calling you that because they don't like you. The Bible refers to these top stakeholders as ten horns. T-E-N, not T-I-N. Daniel 7, 7, just one of the places where we see it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strong exceedingly, and it had a great iron teeth. That's going to be the final world government that's going to crush everything in its way. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now, those ten horns will be, I believe, over ten regions. The Club of Rome originally came up with that. And those ten regions then, the Antichrist is going to come along and do away with three of them. And he'll then set at the head of the other seven. That's, it's, we go into detail in Daniel 7 and, and Revelation uh, on these things. But short, especially since we had to tinker with the uh, computer just to say this. It's once again, you just see, God's word is right on. <laughs> God's word has called it, and it's just coming to pass exactly the way God said it would. And it's amazing. It's amazing. But the apathy of most people today is also amazing. That they don't really care about it. So be informed. Pray and act accordingly. A couple minutes with questions and comments, starting with Brian. Yeah, based on your comment about uh, politicians on both sides being corrupt and um, making money uh, in the markets, even though their salary is only a certain amount, there's an app called Autopilot, if you're not aware that I can set up an account on autopilot that will make the same trades as Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> and she made 46% on her money this year. Yeah, man. You would have made some money, wouldn't you? Um, there's a lot of others in here, too. Like, And her return was three times that of Warren Buffett, if that tells you anything about how corrupt it is. Crooked as a dog's hind leg. Amen? Amen. Johnny? So, <laughs> that's genius. Who do we... Who, who does the U.S. government owe most of that debt to? Is that just the Federal Reserve? Uh, or well, then uh, China. Other countries buy our debt. And so China, I think, is the largest owner of American debt. The thinking, supposedly, on our side of the ship is, well, obviously China isn't going to want to destroy us because if they do, they'll lose all that well, you know, we can't pay them back if they destroy us. That's the thing. That started, by the way, that started, by the way, with Alexander Hamilton. It's nothing new. And if you go back to the Founding Fathers, you'll find that from the very beginning, it's just like the, if you read the New Testament, you'll notice over and over, Paul says there's people creeping into the churches already. Yep. And Alexander Hamilton was one of those guys who crept in among the founding fathers, never elected to anything. Alexander Levine, original name. Yeah. And raised, I think, in Jamaica, wasn't he? Uh, one of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, somehow, he, who, there's a lot of theories about how he got such power and influence uh, over George Washington. But uh, that was a big issue with. Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, trying to figure out why Alexander Hamilton had such influence on Georgia. 
Was Hamilton? Well, a bunch of them were. George well, Washington, Washington was. I think. Yeah. And of course, was Hamilton. And then he got shot and yeah. killed by Aaron Burr yeah. in a duel. History is interesting, but it's also because we don't know history, we're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, there's a lot to that, a lot more digging you have to do. I was to find just saying. What? Well, go ahead. The, Rand Paul is an example of a politician who does not appear. As far as we know, it's Thomas his, Massey's another one. Yeah, his net worth, I looked it up, is 400000 mm -hmm. Both of them from Kentucky, by the way. You know, he makes a they, they pay those guys 175000 a year, and then he's worth twice that. That's very reasonable. Yeah. And his dad, Ron Paul, was very honest. Yes. But so many threats. Yeah. John, you'll be my last one. Yeah. Be the, um, when the founding fathers set up the Constitution, um, the Senate was supposed to be represented by the states. By the states. Elected by the states. Not by the people. Right. And the purpose of that is because of all the money that was going to be spent, the states had the power to stop the federal government from doing $33 trillion. Mm -hmm. And Randolph Hearst from the Hearst Syndicate <clears throat> is the one that uh, broke the system by telling lies in his magazines mm -hmm. and getting people to get But that was just one spoke in the wheel, though. I mean, right. uh, the Federal Reserve spoke. System being uh, snuck in, and then the... Well, it happened around the same time frame. And the IRS, yeah, the 16th Amendment, and... Uh, then you had the uh, development of the League of Nations, which didn't succeed as well as they wanted. And then the United Nations now comes along. It's money laundering. Yeah. goes right through the United Nations, just like it has been going through Ukraine. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's a lot of that going on in Israel. I mean, even with Israel, there's a lot of money laundering and crooked schemes going on there. And uh, I was, it, people can't seem to grasp this, but uh, our government is corrupt and crooked, Israel's government, filled with Freemasons, probably not one or two Christians among the group. They're a bunch of crooked uh, schemers. Even Netanyahu's end up to his neck in, uh, you know, uh, briberies and all kinds of things he's been accused of. It's just the way the thing works. It's an ugly thing. We don't support Israel because of their government. I don't support Israel because I even agree with everything they do as, as far as wars and everything. I support Israel for one reason. Yeah. King James Bible. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I support Israel. And it doesn't mean I have to support everything you do, but I certainly am not going to be running around out in the streets singing from the river to the sea like some devil-possessed nut. I'm not going to be calling for their destruction. I'm not going to be calling for any kind of violence toward them or anything. Um, but uh, it's just a weird situation we're in in, in this whole... Yeah, I'll let you... Real quick. Are you going to... Say they're from the river to the sea, they can you bent in the opposite direction. Yeah. And it, actually, it's from the river to the river. Exactly. From the uh, river of Egypt, Nile to Euphrates. But uh, that's coming during the morning. What? Those are the two stripes on Israel's flag. Yeah. Euphrates and the Nile. Yeah, that's good. All right. We got to get into Bible study. This doesn't work. <laughs> I told you I can't. I can't use it. 
It doesn't. It doesn't do any good. We tried it. I already tried it. I had one. I tried it. I just take my word for it. Do you think I'm a liar? No. I'm telling you. I've tried it. We don't want to save it for your cat. Save it for your cat. They love them. Yeah, cats love them. It doesn't matter. Jessica. Okay. It's just a pointer to show where she where he's talking about on the map. One of those laser things. I've, already, I've, I've we've tried it before. That, no yeah, one can see it. Stick. I'm like, you see it up there? Everybody's like, no. So I just don't use it anymore. <laughs> Better way would be. <laughs> All right, let's pray again in the Bible study. <laughs> All right, uh, brother Darren, would you in the Bible study prayer? Sure. <clears throat> Lord, we just we thank you for gathering us together tonight and uh, giving us an opportunity to learn from your word. We thank you for the, just the, the ability to be aware of what's going on in the world so we can prepare and just to know what's going on. And thank you for your word that tells us how to respond to it. We pray for this country, Lord, and we pray for Israel and that you protect the both of us. And we just pray you bless this time of study. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we're in Micah 2, verses 1 through 13. With the judgment of God, the breaker is come up. That's a phrase in our, the last verse there. We'll see when we get to it. We're going to read verses 1 through 13. You read the odd with me. So let's start right in verse 1. Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. And they covet fields and take them by violence and houses and take them away. So they oppress a man and his house, even a man and his heritage. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, against his family do I devise an evil from which ye shall not remove your necks, neither shall ye go haughtily, for this time is evil. In that day shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation and say, We be utterly spoiled. He hath changed the portion of my people. How hath he removed it from me? Turning away, he hath divided our fields. Therefore thou shalt have none that shall pass the cord by lot in the congregation of the Lord. Prophesy ye not, say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them, that they shall not take shame. O thou that art named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord straight? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him that walketh uprightly? Even of late my people is risen up as an enemy. Ye pull off the robe with the garment from them that pass by securely as men averse from war. The women of my people have ye cast out from their present houses. From their children have ye taken away my glory forever. Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest. Because it is polluted, it shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. If a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee of wine and of strong drink, he shall even be the prophet of this people. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. 
I will put them together as the sheep of Bozrah, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker has come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. Amen? Amen. God's word. All right. So Micah lays out Israel's sin and God's judgment. We start with the sin of oppression. We're going to see in verses 1 through 5. Then you see the spirit of rebellion, verses 6 through 11. And then future comfort with a uh, caveat there in verses 12 and 13. So Micah, in the chapter 1, has declared God's judgment on both apostate kingdoms, the north and the south. And now lays out specific sins and the spiritual rebellion against God's word. And keep in mind, if you're paying attention in our Sunday school, there's a lot of parallelism here. I'm not going to try to match them up uh, as we go along. Um, there's, not, it's not a, there's not a lot of, like this verse is found here in Isaiah and that sort of thing. But there's a lot of uh, uh, similar uh, topics that are addressed, especially as we talk about the sins. Both prophets are going to talk about the same sins and that sort of thing. So we start with the sin of oppression uh, that is referred to here in verses 1 through 5. Verse 1, Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. They're just, you know, some people just have wickedness on their mind every waking moment. I believe that's probably a good description for most of the politicians we're talking about tonight. The people who are always thinking of schemes not... Ask not what you, your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Out the window. There aren't anybody in politics these days other than, I mean, we always say the exception proves the rule. The rule is that most politicians will say whatever they uh, need to say to get elected so they can use their power, abuse their power, and make money. And then in some cases just use their power to hurt other people. It's just wicked. But how many of you know people, even if they don't have any power, just in their lives, they just act, it's like their mind is always on wickedness. Their mind is always on doing wrong. They wake up in the morning and it's like the first thing they think is, what can I do today that is wrong and wicked and evil? There's men who, even when it comes to sports, for example, I know some of you may not know this, but a lot of the guys, when you see them get so upset about a silly game, you need to understand, it's not the game, it's the money they put on the game. Yeah. Gambling. Yeah. And then, so it's not just the football or basketball or whatever. Then, you know, when they, they get up in the morning, and what do they do? They drive like a maniac, speed, try to get by with breaking the law on the way to work. Every day. Then when they get to work, what do they do? They try to find ways to get out of work. They steal things from their boss. Steal things from their employer. Still time, standing around, you know, flirting with the women and talking to the men or whatever about whatever and not working, stealing from their bosses. From one end of their day and then one, they go home. Of course, it's drive like a maniac and break the law again. And then they get home and what do they do? A lot of guys get on the computer. The first thing you start doing is watching porn, downloading porn. And then, of course, there's, there's porn and then there's child porn. There's really bad stuff that so many of these people get involved in. And it's what I'm talking about the men because I'm kind of an expert in that area. 
uh, you women can use your imaginations. I know. I mean, women's is of the devil, as well. Somebody told me one time. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you're unsaved, anything, male or female, that's the only two we got, by the way. If you're unsaved, male or female, <laughs> amen. amen. You're wicked. Yeah. Now, as Christians, we're still fighting that sinful nature. So we better take it seriously because a lot of people, I'm sure, if we were in the room, a lot of the wicked people we could name are church members yeah. or at least professing Christians. And that's what we're dealing with here. People who would say, yes, I'm a child of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm a Jew. I'm a member of the nation. Well, verse 2 begins and says, And they covet fields and take them by violence and houses and take them away. So what do you see? In politics, but even just across the board, the elites, what do they do? do Does this sound familiar? No, we're talking right now. Right now, today. Yep. The wicked confiscate real estate. That's the big thing. You just go out there and look. I didn't bring up a bunch of headlines. There's a couple I think I got here. Silicon Valley Titans behind mystery $1 billion land buy near California military base. That's just one little tiny thing. America's big business billionaires are buying up lots of land. They're right. buying hundreds of millions of acres all over the country. Yep. Buying up farmland. They're buying up all the farmland. Why? Nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1.9. Here's another one. Axios. Billionaires are buying up America's ranches. Why? Because I believe uh, you can laugh at me or people online can oh, that guy's crazy. I believe all these guys, uh, the billionaire club, most of them are sex perverts. They're all involved in sexual, uh, what they call uh, sex trafficking. Yep. They've got the, and people have videos and pictures of them with underage girls. Epstein Island is just one of the places where that's happening. The Vatican is another place. Yeah, <laughs> and this is going on over the world right now. We live in a world that is as dark and wicked as the world has ever been, which is why any day now the most destructive time of tribulation is about to start. Yeah. You think God's just going to start that just for the heck of it? No. No, he's going to do it because we are right now in the darkest days of human history. Like we have a border right there in Texas and Arizona and California, and guess what's happening? Your government is knowingly bringing people from the South, South America, and, and all parts of the world. They're coming up, they're finding their way over to Argentina and over to Mexico, and they're coming up through the border, and they're being gang raped. They're being uh, everything taken from them in order to then get them across the border so they can become slaves in the United States of America. We have slavery in America. Millions of people right now are indentured slaves, sex trade slaves, minor children slaves. And our government knows it and is involved in it. That's why God's about to kill them all. Amen. Amen. And crooked politicians own your home. Anybody here... Uh, I don't, don't raise your hand, but he, he, I just say, if you could raise your hand because you own your home outright, no, you don't. I paid off the mortgage. doesn't matter. Thing called property taxes. You have possession of your home. And this is what's happening right now. If you're not aware of it yet, you will be in the coming months. 35% to 40% 
increases. Your property taxes are going through the roof. Historic increases in Ohio. Mm. Now, wait a minute. It doesn't say, it says of property values. What will this mean for your taxes? It means your taxes go up. See, taxation without representation, the whole, you know, American Revolution thing we read about. (laughs) That's, right now, you're living in a country with Taxation with no representation. All they have to do is take your, let's say you have $150,000 home, they'll come back and sometime if they haven't already and tell you it's now worth $200,000. And the value just went up 33%. Based on what? Voodoo. Doesn't have anything to do with reality. Just so now your tax bill went up by, some people are paying, ours is what? 700 next year? Ours went up 36%. Well, I mean the figure. 700 something like that? It went up by $700. $700. Just to, just like Same that. house. Just like yeah. overnight. We didn't move. We didn't We didn't add on. Just nothing. all of a sudden our tax bill went up $700. That's little compared to some of our neighbors. Yeah. So our neighbors are going to pay thousands of dollars in taxes next year they never paid before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on John's farm. Last year it was thirty-six thousand taxes. This year, forty-six. They're killing the farmers. Yeah, that's all purposely done, dude. I already said that. That's what my point is. Yeah. This is by design. When you can't pay the tax, then you give them the land. You lose your property. Exactly. Which means you don't really own it. You don't own nothing. It's smart to pay off your house and not have that mortgage, but you better make sure you can pay those taxes. Yep. Or that mortgage will mean nothing. Exactly. That's what they're doing to people all over the country. Verse 2. So they oppress a man and his what? House. Even a man and his heritage? Estate taxes. Yep. Yep. Inheritance taxes. That money's already been taxed. Yep. And they come after it again. Exactly. At a higher rate. They tax you and tax you the same money over and over. Yeah. It's criminal, and our founding fathers would have killed them all. The only reason I'm not involved in something like that, I want to make it clear, I do not, I'm not involved in a, a, any kind of mili- what do you call it, militia. I don't even know what to call it anymore. I'm not involved in an uprising against the government. Why? Because Jesus is going to come back and kill all of you. Yeah. I don't have to kill you. It's not worth my time. It's not my, worth my effort. It's really small, you know, chunk change compared to what I've got waiting on me. And the revenge that I could enact is chunk change compared to what Jesus has in mind for you if you're part of this. That's right. It's like that man, whatever that man's name was. He'll meet Jesus. Yeah. He's going to meet Jesus. He's going to meet him soon. He's got a hot place in hell. Yep. But that's what happens when the wicked rule and the wicked rule in the United States of America right now. My friend Bell, he, he was telling me that his taxes went up like 40%. Everybody's is. Everybody's is. Yours will. Not this year. Yes, you watch, Mark. This is a state thing. Your county don't have nothing to do with it. The state is forcing them to do this. Yeah. It's going to happen. And it's uh, hopefully some of these nincompoops will wake up and stop electing liberals and progressives. Because that's who's behind all this. 
If you elected constitutional conservatives, it wouldn't happen. But Proverbs 29.2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. It's been a while. When the wicked beareth rule, the people do what? Mourn. But judgment cometh. Amen. <laughs> Verses 3 and 5, this is what God did to Israel and uh, the, the elites who were beating up on the little guy. They're in uh, Israel and in the kingdom of Judah. It was the same a lot of the times right up until the Babylonian captivity. Verse 3 says, Therefore thus said the Lord, Behold, against this family do I devise an evil from which he shall not remove your next. What family? It's talking about the apostate offspring of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This is a family. It's a, this isn't just a nation. I mean, you do your DNA or whatever, you'll be surprised at the people you're related to, but you're not related to the whole town. <laughs> you're not related to everybody in the state. Nope. In Israel, you were. You're late, and even if somebody came in from a, a Gentile nation within two or three generations, they were intermixed with the DNA of everybody else and we're all family. Well, behold, against this family do I devise an evil from which you shall not remove your necks, neither shall you go haughtily, for this time is evil. Got to highlight that. That's what Jesus said about what's about to happen in the tribulation. Time of tribulation, like man has never endured in human history up to that point. For this time is evil. Verse 4, in that day shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation and say, we be utterly spoiled. He hath changed the portion of my people. How hath he removed it from me? Turning away, he hath divided our fields. They're blaming God. Not God's fault. But how many people? How many have you done it? Times get rough because of choices you made. And you're like, why God? Yeah. Um, now there are times when people go through things and it's no, through no fault of their own. But even then, the spiritual man will understand. We've all done our share. Yeah. We've all got blood on our hands at some point. You're a sinner. You're wicked. Everybody Amen. in this room, you've got to understand, you and I are wicked beasts compared Amen. to God. Amen. We deserve hell. We deserve a lake of fire. And if you just have that kind of a negative outlook on life, it'll do you well. Because you'll realize you don't deserve anything. Amen. See, the self-esteem, self-love crowd has this entitlement thing going on where I deserve, I, God owes me. The, you know, and a lot of people say, the world owes me. God don't owe you nothing. Nobody owes you anything. As a matter of fact, don't ask for what you're owed or you'd be in hell right now. Don't call for what you deserve. Verse 5. Therefore thou shalt have none that shall cast the cord by lot in the congregation of the Lord. Now he's going to take the whole nation. The whole north is specifically right now. He's speaking of going to be banished. Now that's pretty wild. Especially when you look at the Amazing, especially Solomon's golden age, what it was like just a you know, couple hundred years before Assyria comes down. Well, it's like America. Look at how great America has been and how prosperous America has been. And I believe America is going to the pit. And during the uh, tribulation period, America is going to be a useless third world country on the sidelines. Amen. Because of their own wicked sin. 
Instead of repenting, Israel simply tried to silence the true preachers. That's already going on. That's already started. Not just in America. It's in Canada and UK. They're arresting people just for standing outside of abortion clinics and praying and singing. Don't tell us the truth. We want Joel Osteen. Yeah. Rick Warren. Give us Rick Warren. Give us Alistair Begg who will tell us to go to gay weddings. Yeah, he got kicked off the American Family Radio because he's telling people that if you got a relative who's having a gay wedding, you ought to go. Take him a gift. Wow. That's called approval, accommodation, endorsement. But he's always been a wishy-washy amateur psychologist with corrupt Bibles. I don't understand why people listen to uh, people like him unless you're backslidden and you enjoy that. <laughs> wow. But that's the spirit of rebellion that we're seeing among even people who call themselves Bible-believing Christians these days. Verse 6, Prophesy ye not, say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them, that they shall not take shame. <laughs> the wicked refuse to be shamed by the truth. They won't, they won't listen. They won't allow the prophets to speak. That's going on right now. And it's not just by actively engaging and trying to silence people. It's by their very, uh, you know, absence. Go to any church in the country where the preacher stands up and preaches the word. And preaches it without fear. Preaches it hard and strong the way Bible believers like it. And you'll see very few of those churches are being attended very well. They silence the preacher by simply making sure they don't go to a church with a real preacher. Mm -hmm. They don't turn that preacher on the radio. They don't turn that guy on on the internet. They go to where they can have their ears. You know, itching ears. Verse 7. O thou that art named the house of Jacob. Name on your church don't mean nothing. Is the spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these things, uh, his doings, do not my words do good to him that walketh uprightly? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's just the problem is not very many people walking uprightly. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> we got these, you know, almost 4,000 videos out there to listen to. But what, what do people listen to? I mean, just uh, very few people are listening to Bible teaching at all. Even if they say they're going to go listen to a preacher, it's a clown. They go looking for clown shows. Yeah. And silencing preachers doesn't change the truth, which would do you good if you would receive it. But see, that's where a lot of preachers, I, it's a shame, but I see preachers falling by the wayside. Why? They have a bad attitude. I have the attitude, I learned this early on in the ministry. And so when I've gone through what I've gone through, and I won't go through the, the poop sheet here, but I would give you all kinds of betrayals and how I've been treated by Christians and churches, let alone the world. Just Christians and churches and how I've been treated. And why didn't I stop? Why didn't I quit? I started out thinking, well, from the looks of it, because I read the book, by the way, from the looks of it, if you're a real man of God, they're going to hate you. You're going to be treated terrible. And the only way 
through this thing is just to set your face like a flint, as the Bible says. Right. So Jesus did. Yeah. And so when they come at me, I say, well, I knew to expect this. And they keep coming at me. And, well, I'm expecting it. And I'm just going to keep going until I drop dead. Or I'm raptured. Amen. Either way, I'll be raptured. Dead in Christ. I'll go before you if I drop dead. <laughs> and that's just the way, that's just been my attitude. And so, you know, I love you people, but if y'all walked out and never came back, I'd still keep preaching. Amen. I'm pretty sure she'd stick around. <laughs> Amen. Amen. They started killing us. You know, what are you going to do? Keep preaching. I might be wise about it. We might meet in a garage or something. You know, we might use wisdom and go change the place where we meet and mix it up and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm going, not going to stop preaching. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You won't silence the real preachers. Amen. Verse 8. Even of late my people has risen up as an enemy. You pull off the robe with the garment from them that pass by securely as men averse from war. Now this is talking about, my. it says my people is risen up as an enemy. It's talking about like uh, inner family war, uh, uh, like Jesus said, mother against child, father against child. You know, it's in-house, among the children of Israel, against each other. And, of course, that's what you hear all the time, especially from the crooked politicians, because they're always claiming they can bring us together. How many of you, you want to hear a good one? Some of you have probably heard this. Joe Biden said he'd bring the country together. <laughs> that's a good one, isn't it? That's good. But that's the kind of division that you're always going to be fighting against as long as you've got at least a remnant of Bible-believing people and the wicked are always going to hate you but they also hate each other. Satan's house is a house divided. They'll never get along either. And so that's why you got the Democrat Party, and you got the Green Party, the Socialist Party, and the Communist Party, and then you got progressive Republicans, and then you got independents like Bernie Sanders, who's a died to wool communist. What? They, they're all against each other, though. They can't work together. And on top of that, though, they're all united by one thing, and that's hatred of Christians and Jews. <laughs> That's what unites them. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog culture when apostasy rules here and here, as in Amen. America. Amen. Verse 9, The women of my people have ye cast out from their pleasant houses, from their children have ye taken away my glory forever. And this is referring to them ignoring laws about the treatment of widows and of inheritance to be restored. Look at uh, go over to Exodus chapter 22 real quick. Exodus 22. And verse 22 through 24. Verse 22 says, Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. I got news for you. The widows in this country are only taken care of, for the most part, they're only taken care of if they're whores. If they'll have a bunch of kids by seven different men and go on welfare. Yeah. True. Oh, yeah. And it says fatherless child, 
CPS, Child Services, Child Protective Services, one of the worst things ever concocted. And they go in and destroy families, take children, put them in foster care. A lot of them end up in prostitution and sex trafficking. But a lot of the ones that aren't getting that, they get into uh, drugs and, and uh, all kinds of wickedness. And the parents, a lot of times, aren't bad people. And they take them out of good homes. And especially when that is a broken family, a fatherless child, for example. I don't go on and on about that, but look at verses 23 and 24. Read that with me. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry it all unto me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be your widows, and your children fathers. The people you abuse, that will be what happens to you. You, you reap what you sow is basically what he's saying. And uh, we won't read it for time, but Leviticus 25, 8-13 talks about the laws of inheritance. They were abusing. They were supposed to give everybody back their inheritance at Jubilee, and they weren't doing it. Yeah. Uh, John Wesley says, You have turned their children out of their houses and estates, which were secured by the law of God from any sale beyond Jubilee. Yet you have confiscated them forever. They threw God's law out. And, of course, same things happen here in the United States. Verse 10, Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted, it shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. So God is keeping his word to evict the wicked who pollute his land. We talk about this. The Europeans came over and evicted the Native Americans in the United States and, and uh, North and South America. Now, you'll be told that that was some horrible thing that happened. No, it's not. It's the same thing that happened when the Native Americans came here. They evicted the people who were here before them. Exactly. And it's called the right of conquest. And uh, Leviticus 18, go to read that real quick. Leviticus 18. This is an amazing text that you ought to mark, especially if you're ever going to talk to people about the Jews stealing the land of Palestine and that sort of thing. Luke, uh, Leviticus 18, 26 to 28. Verse 26 says, Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations. And of course, that's talking about homosexuality, bestiality, and all that in the previous verses. Uh, fornication, adultery, all that stuff. He says, Neither any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. Now read uh, 27, 28. Read it with me. For all these abominations have the men of the land done which were before you, and the land is defiled, that the land spew not you out also when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. America itself is going to be another lesson here from Leviticus. This is, a, a, this is not just Mosaic law. God did this before and after Moses. And that is when you defile the land with killing your unborn children, yeah. with sodomy, yeah. with bestiality, and all the things that are here in America, God says that land is going to spew you out. Yeah. And it's going to happen one more time to Israel. We talk about how wicked Israel is right now. After the rapture, halfway through the tribulation, out of the land again, they'll be down in Petra, yeah. in the wilderness. So the bottom line is verse 11. If you're there, read it with me. 
If a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee of wine and of strong drink, he shall even be the prophet of this people. It's saying prosperity. If a, pro if a prophet will stand up and declare you prosperity and God's blessing to you, you'll take that. You'll listen to that. He'll be the prophet for the people. So that should tell you something. When a wicked, disgusting nation like the United States of America, look who the popular TV preachers are. Look where the big, huge churches are. Go listen to what they preach. You'll not hear this kind of study. You ain't going to hear repent of your wickedness or anything like that. But he said, you buy lies, but you hate truth. That's right. America, America. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. America loves lies and they hate truth. And Israel is our subject, our topic in the text. And the chapter closes with a promise of future restoration in spite of present day judgment. And that's where we'll close here in the last two verses. We're just going to look at it real quick because it's, it's very plain and simple. Verse 12, I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Bozrah, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. There's a dual fulfillment here. This would happen in Babylon where he has the remnant like sheep <laughs> and he'll bring them back into the land. Do you remember Daniel? And some of you may not be familiar with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. But that's their, that's their God-given name there. They're, they were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or pagan names given to them by Babylon. And then remember when you read Ezra and Nehemiah, it's, that's when they're returning from Babylon. So that's going to happen. The promise will be finally fulfilled in the kingdom of Christ. Amen. Permanently fulfilled when Christ is the king and brings them back into the land. So in the meantime, verse 13, the breaker is come up before them. That's why I showed that uh, demolition taking place on the uh, screen, the what do you call it, title screen, because that's what he's doing here. The breaker has come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it, and their king shall pass before them. That's talking about a serious king. And the Lord on the head of them. They're doing the Lord's work, even though they're wicked. So the breaker is God. Kings do his bidding, but God is the power. Where kings go wrong is when they think they are the power. That's what back member Nebuchadnezzar, when he thought, this wonderful kingdom that I have built, God turned him into a dirty dog for seven years who lived off the grass of the field and was like a beast. Herod tried that, we saw in, in Acts chapter 12, and he ended up being eaten alive by worms. <laughs> the world's leaders are all like that. Yeah. So the same is true as far as 
The breaker is God. The same is true for our salvation. You could not break your sin. I could not break our sin. I could not break free from the shackles of sin. On our own, we are damned and doomed. But Jesus came and he broke the chains. He died and paid the price. It's going to be him in the spiritual sense of winning eternal life for everyone who's saved. But he's also still going to fulfill the literal fulfillment of these prophecies. And he's going to break the kingdoms. And Amen. he will grind them to powder. Amen. And he will rule and reign. Amen? Amen. Matthew Henry just said this. He is the breaker that broke through them. That rent the veil and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this study. We thank you for helping us deal with uh, technical difficulties, but also helping us to keep our thoughts. And I know some of the folks here tonight are probably tired, but uh, they all stayed awake. And thankful for whatever they were able to absorb. Also thankful that we can upload these videos and audio to the Internet and people can go back and listen again, or some people will hear them down the road, having never heard them before, but it's your word, and we send it forth knowing that your word will not return void. Those who will receive it, it will produce fruit. We thank you for using us for your glory. In your name, it's the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, let's stand and sing. We misplaced the little uh, tuner. We have to find that again. That was helpful, but do you sing these ones? And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in the new. Say goodbye to the onliners on three. One, two, three. See you here, there, or in the air. Bye, everybody.